you've discovered TalkZone.com. TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, it's sobering news out of China. The national rate of birth defects has increased nearly 50% in the last five years, and apparently the coal mining regions are reporting soaring levels of birth defects in newborns. It's our regular weekly focus on women's health. Educator, uh, uh, healthcare uh, consultant, Dr. Serena Grosswald joins us today to talk about the growing body of evidence to suggest that meditation for women is good medicine. Yes, I know. You say you can't fit anything else into your day. We've got some amazing information on why regular meditation is important for your health. Our regular weekly focus on women's health right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Uh, buried on the newswire services, but very important information coming out of Tufts University, who looked at uh, many hundred people, age 65 and older, living in Boston-area nursing homes. They reported on this in this month's issue of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, finding that uh, those seniors with normal blood zinc levels were 50% less likely to develop pneumonia than those who had low blood zinc levels and uh, that with people with normal zinc uh, blood concentrations, they had an overall um, 39%, 40% lower rate of death from all causes. Now, if you go to cdc.gov and look at the National Health and Nutrition Exam Surveys, the NHES surveys, where Americans stand up nutritionally, you find amazing information, including the fact that all too often Americans are deficient in zinc. So just keep in mind, Tufts University Research, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, reducing your overall risk of death from all causes. Uh, Zinc uh, helps to reduce that about 40% and a 50% less likelihood of developing pneumonia in those over the age of 65 with normal blood zinc levels. You have to ask yourself the question, what if those zinc levels were optimal? Could that risk be diminished even further, we talked yesterday about Dr. Gladys Block's study from Berkeley that those people who take an array of dietary supplements much healthier, less inflammation, uh, lower levels of homocysteine, lower rates of diabetes and heart disease than those people who consume the typical one a day. What's well, a chemical called triclosan, T-R-I-C-L-O-S-A-N. It is everywhere because we have this obsession 
with anti-bugs, antibacterial soaps, deodorants, body washes, creams, lotions, cosmetics, cleaning supplies, detergents, dishwashing liquids, mouthwash, and toothpaste all contain triclosan and why it's supposed to be part of that antimicrobial approach. What we are now finding is that the Food and Drug Administration and the European Union currently classify triclosan as a probable human carcinogen. So it comes back to you and me to read those labels. In fact, if you took a look at uh, the creator of triclosan, Seba Specialty Chemicals, they invented triclosan more than 35 years ago without any adverse effect. It has proven itself to be the aspirin of antibacterial actives, helpful without the side effects. But the Environmental Protection Agency (laughs) does not agree uh, with triclosan classified to be a possible human carcinogen uh, which, of course, speaks to what we have talked about with Dr. Stuart Levy, who is a, a Tufts University professor, uh, president of the Physicians for the Responsible Use of Antibiotics, who believe, in fact, uh, the Food and Drug Administration convened a panel, he testified, and they ruled that antibacterial products set the stage for more resistant uh, bugs to antibiotics, that's not a good thing, than wash, simply washing with regular soap and hot water. Well, it's a potent anti-inflammatory from your kitchen cabinet. Turmeric, the active ingredient being curcumin, um, we know it most often as curry, although curry is a uh, an array of any number of uh, of spices. It first came on the scene as a medicinal substance a couple of years ago, when of course the popular anti-inflammatory Vioxx was pulled from the market. In fact, Newsweek uh, mentioned turmeric as a substitute anti-inflammatory, and in fact there had been some Italian studies that compared turmeric or turmeric from curry with Vioxx head-to-head for anti-inflammatory power and concluded that turmeric worked just as well as the Vioxx with no side effects. In fact, there are many nutritionally oriented physicians, orthomolecular physicians, who prescribe curry for acute inflammation, whether it's a sprained ankle or an injured ligament, to help control blood sugar. It's often used along with cinnamon and uh, chromium picolinate. It's often used to reduce respiratory distress that often accompanies hay fever. Yeah, it's that time of the year and asthma. And for cancer patients who wish to minimize the recurrence of cancer. In fact, there are right now eight NCI, National Cancer Institute, funded studies going on uh, about the anti-cancer potential benefits of turmeric. It has a strong color. The taste is fairly mild. In fact, many of us, myself included, really like it. Uh, The standard recommendation is to take a quarter teaspoon of turmeric. You can take the capsules. They come 300, I'm sorry, 500 milligram capsules. Take a quarter teaspoon daily as a general anti-inflammatory maintenance strategy. If you're a cancer patient, you want to triple that amount to three quarters teaspoon 
But if you're cooking with it, many people, for example, with a four-quart pot of soup, may put in a quarter cup of turmeric. It uh, has also interesting information about um, how it reduces dramatically the risk of Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So it can be taken just about any time of the day, uh, any way that we choose. A quarter teaspoon of turmeric from curry from your kitchen cabinet, a potent anti-inflammatory. Even if you have a sprained ankle or a hurt ligament, it can be of great benefit. Well, it's two of the most common classifications of medications in this country. The SSRI medications, the Prozac, the Zoloft, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, combined with the most common uh, medications taken in this country, the Motrins, the Aspirins, the Celebrex, all under the classification of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And what are they saying about the combination? Well, a meta-analysis of four studies of over 153 thousand people finding that if you combine SSRIs with non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, you have a 630% greater likelihood for gastrointestinal bleed. And with the American um, College of Gastroenterology's recent scientific study indicating that the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs by themselves hospitalize 100,000 people each year, kill over 20,000 because of gastrointestinal bleeding. Keep in mind that if you combine SSRIs with NSAIDs, you're doubling the risk of gastro, upper gastrointestinal hemorrhage, in fact, 630% greater than those not taking any medication. The risk of gastrointestinal bleeding and many gastroenterologists saying, it makes my practice. The risk of GI bleeding from some of the most commonly consumed medications, keep in mind, SSRIs by themselves increase the risk of upper gastrointestinal hemorrhage 240%, non anti-inflammatory drugs alone 320%. If you combine the two, increasing the risk of upper GI hemorrhage 630%. Dr. Srina Groswald joining us today. Bottom of the hour, women's health. We'll talk about the science behind meditation for women. Inviting you to join us. 1-800-307-3002 on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, back to the only talk show host in America certified to be 100% organic, Deborah Ray. At the bottom of the hour, our regular weekly focus on women's health, Dr. Serena Groswald uh, joining us today, a noted health educator. In fact, uh, she previously was the director of continuing medical education for the American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists uh, to tackle the topic of meditation and women. Uh, women just <laughs> have this genetic uh, gender predisposition to taking those troubles to heart. So what um, is the possibility of uh, taking a look at therapies such as meditation when it comes to addressing some of that uh, stress that we do such a good job of uh, taking to heart. 
Well, speaking of therapies that make a difference for stress, many of us would think of music as indeed one of those therapies. In fact, um, there is a neurologist whose latest book, Musicophilia, is about the brain's sensitivity to music. And scientists at Montreal Neurological Institute have found dramatic evidence on brain scans that when people report chills, a visceral feeling of awe, listening to their favorite music, that we can actually see that on brain scans. That music that you love activates both the higher thinking centers of the brain's cortex, but also activates the ancient circuitry of motivation and reward. And it's that ancient part of the brain through that neurotransmitter dopamine that governs our basic drives of food and water, suggesting the tantalizing idea that the brain may consider music on a par with these crucial drives. So, the next time there's somebody behind you at the stoplight and the thumping is driving you crazy, just keep in mind that there's something about that music that may be affecting that person's brain scan. And oh, by the way, the light's going to change, hopefully sooner rather than later, <laughs> to get away from that incessant uh, thumping. Well, it tops the list, in fact, a global list of bad products. Consumers International has given the top prize of bad products to Takeda Pharmaceuticals out of Japan for promoting sleeping drugs for U.S. children. That there's a television advertisement running in this country using images of children and chalkboards to sell its drug, Rosaram, as a sleeping aid for children and why these back-to-school advertisements comply with U.S. law. They are promoting sleeping pills to parents without any health warnings for children. And with the news out today that we are seeing crucial increases in the rates of uh, cardiovascular heart meds for our children, (laughs) it just boggles the mind. Where is the conservative nature that once dominated medicine where pregnant women and children were almost never prescribed prescription medication unless it was a life-threatening situation? Well, apparently all that direct-to-consumer advertising has worked. It has driven parents, um, driven us to our physician's offices. In fact, um, the... Uh, Pharma Group, the Pharmaceutical Industries Trade Group, reported to the American Medical Association that uh, doctor visits, um, 63% of them, ask physicians for a medication that they had seen on a direct-to-consumer drug ad. Yes, marketing works, and we are seeing skyrocketing increases in the use of pharmaceutical uh, drugs in this country. And yeah, by the way, nobody's actually saying that we live longer or live better because of it. Well, ultraviolet light. We think of it, um, if we're in the world of laboratory medicine, 
used in what they call clean labs, labs that are supposedly under a very sterile sort of circumstances for a very vulnerable chemical or microbial reactions. Ultraviolet light is often used in that situation to help keep that clean lab sterile. Now, British researchers are saying that using ultraviolet light may one day offer a double whammy to kill cancer cells by better focusing antibody-based therapies that trigger our body's own defenses to eliminate tumors that light unblocks uh, an organic coating and these antibodies are switched on and attracted and attract killer T cells to uh, to attack the cancerous cells we already know in fact uh, Dr. Craig Hudson was educating us yesterday that um, that those critical hormones dopamine serotonin uh, tryptophan melatonin much of their chemical actions are light triggered and we now know if you have even a small amount of light it can dampen the production of melatonin which is a critical antioxidant as well as a hormone in terms of sleep so very important that we recognize that the day's rhythms night and dark uh, night and day, uh, the seasonal cycles, the yearly cycles have many ramifications for the health of, uh, of our bodies, our, our minds as well as our bodies, our immune system as well. And when we start to live always in light in a 24-7 uh, scenario, it has consequences for our health. Well, it's a Medtronic recall that according to an article on the front page of today's uh, Wall Street Journal, is exposing the gaps in medical safety. That in January of this year, the Minneapolis Heart Institute began to put together the uh, the dots that over a recent several-month period, and we're talking about almost a year ago, that they finally realized that a implantable defibrillator was defective this implantable defibrillator was the one that was recently recalled by Medtronic for faulty wiring. And within days, the, the Heart Institute um, concluded that this implantable defibrillator was not safe enough, told the company of its concerns, stopped using the product. But it wasn't until this month, we're talking about some 10 months later, that Medtronic actually reached the same conclusion, although a number of other hospitals had joined Minneapolis Heart Institute in the same conclusion. And it certainly you know, begs the question, when you're talking about patient safety, literally the lives on the line, why would it take a major company like Medtronic 10 months to reach a conclusion that had been reached some 10 months earlier by the likes of Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital, which is one of the Harvard teaching hospitals, Chicago's uh, Children's Memorial Hospital, the Minneapolis Heart Institute. If lives are in the balance, why would it take a major company 10 months 
to act. And, of course, it all boils down to the fact that the Food and Drug Administration is all too lax on many aspects of safety, both drug safety and medical device safety. And uh, Senator Grassley is particularly critical of the Food and Drug Administration's uh, examining of the handling of these leads, and he's really on the warpath to make a difference. Patient safety can no longer wait 10 months for the Food and Drug Administration to, to act on bona fide information that there's a problem here. We're going to return. It's our focus on women's health each and every week during this time. Noted health educator Dr. Serena Groswald joining us today to talk about the science behind meditation and women. We invite you to join us. Your questions at 800-307-3002. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some closed-minded members of the medical community, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors. But hey, that's life. The Women's Health Hour is brought to you by Age Best Basics. Be your best at any age. Well, very appropriate to uh, the day and time in which we live. Uh, women juggle, uh, wear more hats than ever before. I think every survey continues to conclude that, uh, like it or not, women still bear the, the vast uh, burden of home care and child care. What do we do about juggling all those balls? I continue to say, I, I don't know how women do it and raise children and uh, you know, maintain a home and have a career and um, hopefully maintain the, uh, relationships and, and have uh, time for their own lives. And joining us today to talk about a unique science-based therapy that has so much promise, whether you're young or old, female or male, is a noted educator. In fact, the previous Director of Continuing Medical Education at the American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists. She's president of a consulting firm in medical education. She's Dr. Serena Groswald, who joins us today to talk about meditation and women. Serena, hello and welcome. Uh, Good morning. Good to be with you, Deborah. Well, tell us your own personal story, because I know this is not only a, a professional uh, interest of yours, uh, but you have made this part of your personal life, regular meditation, particularly uh, the science-based form of transcendental meditation, Serena. That's right. It really has been um, a major part of my life for many years. I actually came to meditation just completely by accident. I was in college, and... Um, I want to really say how many years ago that was, but uh, I can say it's well over 30. So I've been practicing Transcendental Meditation twice a day, every day, for over 30 years. And to do something that regularly for that many years, there has to be uh, some benefit that keeps us doing it, and I definitely have found that the case for me. I started when I was in college, and, you know, even back then, college was stressful today. College is very stressful. There's been so much in the news about the stress of college students and younger students as well. But I started meditation because my older brother said this is uh, something he had started. He thought it was really great, and I should do it. So I did whatever he suggested. And um, 
discovered benefits that I really didn't imagine. My initial benefit was that I just recognized that I had more energy, I was more rested, I was clearer in my thinking, but I was young. And over the years, seeing the effects on um, my ability to manage stress has probably been the biggest um, the biggest factor in keeping me going. I mean, I, it makes me feel good all the time. But the reason is that I, I have like a buffer to stress, just almost like a va- vaccine. When I was um, at the American College of OBGYN, one of the things that people would point out to me frequently was that it, in a sort of crisis, and it wasn't anything life and death, but if, you know, business crisis working every day, problems come up that I always seem to be very calm and able to, to handle it and, and uh, get right to the problem and without it really ruffling anything. And I realized that, is, that that wasn't the case for many people. And in the amount of years since I've been practicing TM, there's been a significant amount of research. There's more than significant. There have been hundreds of studies that have come out and over those 30 years about the benefits of TM in all aspects of life, but in health and well-being, and and most of it comes from the ability to manage stress because stress is really the underlying factor of so much um, mental and physical disease and disorder. And if we have a tool that's simple and easy to do, doesn't take any effort, you just sit, close your eyes for a few minutes twice a day, and something that becomes the basis for good health and well-being. It couldn't be much easier. So that's what's kept me going all these years. But now being in the medical education area and getting into research myself and doing some research on the effects of TM and the benefits with respect to reducing stress and finding out that the things that we're studying, we're not studying them specifically for stress, but finding that that's the big change. You know, 30 to 50% reductions in stress that lead to improvements in whatever we're studying, whether it be attention-related things or mood-related things or hypertension or any of those aspects because stress affects so much of, of our well-being. And I noted, uh, um, which I picked up on, Serena, when we talk about Know, dealing with stress in, in an effortless fashion, uh, you know, arming, managing our stress. We're not talking about the typical, what I call the anti-medicine approach, the anti-anxiety, <laughs> anti-histamines, antibiotic uh, form of healthcare in which we, we often you know, find ourselves. Uh, talk with us about how truly effortless um, you know this particular form of meditation because I continue to to, to be struck uh, because there is such in, you know interest uh, in meditation, particularly in the realm of neuroscience these days, um, that often talks about you know a two or three hour meditation, which seems like a lot of effort to many of us. <laughs> That's a lot of time to spend in meditation. Um, it, today, there are many forms of meditation. It's become very popular. I think there's a recognition that we live in such a stressful world. But all meditations are not alike. Different meditations have different effects. They have different effects on the mind and body. And research that's been done comparing the different meditations shows that 
Transcendental Meditation is two to four times more effective than the other forms of meditation in reducing stress and anxiety and increasing well-being. It's interesting because they've also done studies that compare the effects of different meditations on blood pressure. Blood pressure is a you know, good indicator of stress. It's also precursor to cardiovascular disease, which is the single greatest uh, killer in this country. And comparisons, they look, for example, take something like biofeedback. Um, or That's a type of a technology that people use to reduce their stress, and it's something you have to go someplace and get hooked up to things and learn how to do it. It takes a long time and you need that machinery. But it does have some effect in reducing stress, so it's beneficial. But when they compared its effects in um, reducing blood pressure and they compared various different times of, types of relaxation techniques, other kinds of meditation as well as biofeedback, and they compared, and TM was among those. And they found that with um, biofeedback that it actually had an adverse effect on blood pressure where t- nothing had the same effect, beneficial effect that TM did. So you can see that something might help with anxiety but has an opposite effect with blood pressure. So there's something very profound that goes on with transcendental meditation that's different from other meditations. It affects both the mind and the body. And what's exciting, you were talking about new research on the brain, what's really exciting is seeing the effects of TM on the brain and the brain it you know that's that's the thing that helps us really manage our stress because that that prefrontal cortex that filter that allows us to kind of analyze a problem and and determine whether this is a life or death situation or something that we can manage and if that part of the brain is functioning then we don't respond in that kind of fight or flight reaction where we are responding from a more primitive part of the brain. And that's the part of the brain that, that gets us angry and has us respond you know, with aggression or anger or that kind of thing. And what the research has shown is that just that aspect of closing the eyes, doing TM for a few minutes twice a day, actually increases the brain connections between that analytical part of our brain, that part of the brain that says this is something I can manage, I can bring in all of my other resources and do it, and increasing that connection so that we don't respond from that more primitive part of the brain. And it also affects the the hormones in the brain, the chemicals in the brain. And so the stress hormone cortisol, for example, which is elevated when we're under stress, that it actually reduces that stress hormone. And as a result of that, the mechanics of how the brain works is reduction in that stress hormone increases the availability of serotonin. And serotonin is the active ingredient in many of our antidepressants. So here we have a technique. We sit and close our eyes for 20 minutes twice a day, and we're improving our mood. We're improving our health. We're getting rest and relaxation. And we're improving our clarity our productivity. I mean, it's like the perfect, uh, the perfect solution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm reminded, uh, Serena. Um, it's been a couple of years ago. There was an intriguing study of women who lived full time uh, in the in the Palestinian lands of conflict, and I think 
uh, all of us can agree that, you know, what more stressful environment that might be. And all of them had elevated levels of inflammation. And, of course, we, we link stress now to our body's production of certain inflammatory uh, uh, chemicals, uh, which makes you know the, the the dealing of stress all the more important because those elevated levels of, of uh, inflammatory blood markers now link to, to heart disease, to cancer, to even Alzheimer's disease. Serena, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, the um, inflammatory aspect is something that there is newer in the research to discover its connection in so many disorders that we hadn't have hadn't thought about. And interestingly, the, um, the research on TM that shows that it improves the immune response, and so that you know the immune response that helps fight inflammation of all types. You know, women seem to process stress differently than men. That all the research that generally has been done on disease is done with men, and it's in recent years that they've recognized that that the physiology of women is different. They're beginning to do research specifically on women. And one of the very interesting studies that have been done about women and and heart disease or heart attack is they have something they have named it the, the broken heart syndrome. And what it is is sudden heart attack that's seen in women, and it's seen almost completely in women. Uh, very few men have had this. And it's when there's not the presence of heart disease or the markers of um, cardiovascular risk, it's just sudden heart failure. And it's the result of some sudden traumatic emotional stress. And so you can see that there's something in women's physiology that uh, responds quite differently. And it's a, there's no, no health risk, not something that they can um, realize that that's coming and do something about. And so our ability to have something that provides that cushion to stress so that we're not that sort of roller coaster of life. We experience the, the joys of life, but it's be, it'd be good to not be so affected by the challenges of life if we can sort of smooth out that roller coaster because um, the ability to cope with and handle sudden stress is really, um, you know, to, in today's world, the unexpected things, fires that destroy our house or um, hurricanes or loved ones in uh, war-torn areas, constantly living with stress is one thing, but then to have that elevated level and to have some sudden event that, that results in, in heart failure that's unique to women. So the ability to have something that we have with us all the time that we're that is our our cushion is really protects us, our health and well being. How did you learn it, Serena? How is transcendental meditation taught? You know, it is um powerful as it is, it's very easy to learn. It's taught it does require a certified transcendental meditation teacher, which one can find easily in their area if they just call the number one eight 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 learn tm connects them directly to um, a uh, resource who will put them in touch with the teacher in their area and then it's learned we so there's seven simple steps 
but two of them are information lectures providing information about how TM is different from other techniques and what the benefits are. And then there's a brief interview with the teacher so you get to know each other. And then the personal instruction. The the interesting thing about TM is that it, it's taught personally, one-on-one, so you get individualized instruction. And then follow-up. There's three days of follow-up just to make sure that you're doing the technique correctly and get some additional information. And each of these sessions are about an hour and a half. You know, it's not a major time investment. And as soon as you learn, you have the technique. And then someone you can get follow-up for the rest of your life. You can come into a TM teacher, a TM center, anywhere and have them check your meditation, answer questions for you. Serena, hold that thought. We'll pick it up when we return. Dr. Serena Groswald joining us today. We're talking about meditation for women on Healthy Talk Radio. Healthy Talk Radio, where we're changing health care one idea at a time. It's a women's health focus. Uh, the topic today, meditation for women, with a noted health educator, Dr. Serena Groswald, uh, joining us today. We have been talking about transcendental meditation, uh, how it is taught, uh, some of the science behind it, uh, and particularly uh, some of the, the health benefits, which often relate to, uh, to women's health, uh, including heart health and, and better sleep. You know, part of these these studies, uh, Serena, uh, that focus on something that is easily learned, uh, easily managed as, as part of one's day, and and because you are a very busy woman, you know, I'd welcome your insight. I've talked to so many women, uh, whether it's at the the center in, in Lancaster, Massachusetts, the center in in Fairfield, Iowa. Uh, where we can go for the traditional Ayurvedic uh, uh, panchakamras as well as as meditation uh, updates um, that women just say it turned my life around. It's so true. I mean, it will do that for anyone because stress is such a significant factor in life. And you mentioned sleep. Uh, you know, we're the the most sleep deprived country in the world, and that reduces our ability to cope. It also ages us very quickly, and uh, stress is a big factor for aging, and that's one of the, the um, kind of side benefits of transcendental meditation. People often who have difficulty sleeping mention right away that they're sleeping better, and they often, uh, what the research has shown is that it actually reverses aspects of aging, and so people look better, they look brighter, they feel better. And um, we're always trying to look younger and feel younger. And that's a, a one very easy way. And it comes both from being able to sleep better, uh, getting more rest, and being less stressed. And we say it shows in our face and it shows in our energy level. So it's a, a wonderful way to um, be able to maintain our health and vitality without having to do anything too dramatic to do it. Very simple and easy, and available right there at home. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you mention the phone number again, and I understand it's also a website where people want to uh, to learn a little bit about you know some of the research and, and some of the many benefits of uh, meditation, transcendental meditation. Serena, website is www.tm.org, and the phone number is eight 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 Learn TM. Connect right to your uh, to a teacher right there in a local area. Very easy and simple to learn, and easy to do. 
well, an important issue uh, for our women's health focus, and our thanks to have you join us today, Serena. Thank you so much for the information, and thank you for your time. Thank you, Deborah. Bye-bye. Dr. Serena Grosswell joining us today. It's our regular weekly focus on women's health, today focusing on a unique science-based aspect of women's health, meditation. The Women's Health Hour is brought to you by Age Best Basics. Increase your energy and boost your immune system with Age Best Basics.